0: Ah, uh, welcome to the station of decapitation. Without your head, I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Welcome back. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. <You've> Thanks. <laughs> be here. So, uh, something in the dirt. Um, I've seen all your movies, and I think this one's my favorite. Not just because you guys are back, but I really like this movie. And uh, it's hard to explain. So, could you give people an idea of what the movie is? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm. Gonna, I'll take a shot at it. We. We um when we make our indie films, we typically typically don't have to go pitch them places. So when then we do this, then we try to give a good log line and always stumble a bit. But I'm gonna try. Something in the dirt is about two new neighbors who are also potentially two new friends. But that friendship faces many stumbling blocks when they encounter an otherworldly phenomenon in the newer of the two tenants apartment. And they decide to embark upon trying to document this phenomenon to attain uh, everything from fame and fortune to perhaps spiritual awakening.
0: Well, I think that was a good job of explaining it. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) the movie has a plot, but uh, I think the movie is more about the themes of the movie. Was there ever what was like the point where you guys decided like this is what we want to make this is a story we want to film
2: oh um i i mean it came together very quickly where we had decided to make a movie under lockdown conditions and we had a few bumpers on what we knew we wanted out of it which was uh personally we we were trying to predict what other lockdown movies would be like and we really didn't want them to be that we didn't want them to be out about loneliness and isolation and zoom and pandemics and going crazy in an apartment and all of that now a lot of people are going to watch this movie and still feel like it's about that but we really were just trying to express ideas more around folia when it comes to going down a rabbit hole that may not have a bottom um, and so and uh our our take on a haunted house and all of that uh even though of course i don't think anybody calls this a haunted house movie unless we define it as such um but it's uh so i think that the the idea came together very quickly after saying we want to uh we want to make a movie it, it was a few days later of of sitting down and thinking okay why don't we finally make that movie that we always talk about which is how would two rational people respond if they saw the supernatural? Uh, most haunted house movies have people just trying to escape, um, but in our opinion, if there are ghosts and demons and and or supernatural forces out there that are be- far beyond our scientific understanding of the universe. Um, it feels like curiosity is the more default reaction, at least from Justin and I. That's probably roughly where the similarities between ourselves and our characters end, but, but that was something we'd want to put out in the world, is be curious about this kind of a thing. Don't fall in and don't run away. There's a, there's a wonderful middle ground, which you can, you can tell that kind of a complicated and nuanced idea when you make a, a small indie film.
0: Speaking of small indie films, I do like there's a line in the movie about um, we're going to get this at festivals and we'll get at least like $10 million for it. And <clears throat> I assume when that plays at festivals, that, that line probably gets a good response. I think so. Is that one of the better
2: ones there? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. We've only seen, it's funny. We've only seen it with an audience a handful of times. To- I'm sorry. An English speaking audience, a handful of times. Um, and so the humor, you know, we does seem to work very well with any English speaking audiences, but it's uh there's at least a chuckle. There's at least a chuckle.
0: It's Weird. You said it was a haunted house. But I really saw it as like a commentary on the internet, the uh, conspiracy culture. Sure. You no, know, it's yeah.
1: It, it could be. Well, it's so, it's so interesting because we shot it in October, 2020. Again, that right. Aaron? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the bulk of it, the, the bulk of it. I mean, we, we we continued shooting for a year after that, but most of the movie was shot in October 2020. And um, oddly, at least in the the sort of universe that, that Aaron and I and, and David Lawson inhabit, um, internet conspiracy theory wasn't, or conspiracy theory in general wasn't quite as big of a thing. It probably was. Maybe it was to everyone else, but but to us it, it hadn't quite hit yet. That that was a that that was a big big thing um, for us, anyways. Um, and but it was it was interesting to s- and
2: horrifying uh, to see it <laughs> become a very very big problem. Yeah, we um, we were more commenting on the X Files than the, and and the fact that people grow up on that and then. The, the the idea that sci-fi myth can become other people's realities in in a very real way, and there's kind of a duty of the author to be careful about that. Um, but but the modern conspiracy thing that's going on right now, you know, we moved, made this movie two years ago, two and a half years ago. As Justin said, it was out there, but it, and it could totally be viewed that way, but it was not our intention
0: yeah i like a lot of the vagueness when people when you're like uh, oh i heard this on something but no one knows exactly where most of the time like oh i heard it on a podcast or i read it somewhere and oh yeah you can just go look it up uh, it's true and uh, i i like that kind of thing because i see it all the time on, on social media people just <laughs> telling you, yeah you go look it up it's true
2: well i mean justin would you say that one of the biggest problems that we personally see uh uh, and, and this is this is in our own lives, within our own circles, not not, uh, you know, within our own bubbles, I guess is a way to say it, um, is that a lot of people don't quite know how to differentiate between something being a reliable source and something just existing in there. Therefore, it's <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's not us saying anything profound. Everybody knows this and everybody believes it. That's the weirdest part. Like, we, I think
0: even they, everyone on this
2: call gets fooled by it, too. Yes. We all get fooled by it.
0: You know? i think even in the movie the characters on some level think some of this they kind of know some of this stuff is is probably not true or it <laughs> is tr- slightly true but you you if you want to believe it you still go with it it's uh it seems very real mm-hmm. and i speak of the comedy though so, so they have the radiation suit and that's very uh funny to me is there ever a point though when you don't want something to be too funny because it could take away fr- from the uh from the more powerful aspects of the movie,
1: that's a really good question. Um, it's It's weird because it <clears throat> it gets into this like very gut-level instinctual idea of tone. And it's never that the joke's too funny. It's just that sometimes the joke just seems like it should be in a different movie. Um, but that's but it's not like the degree to which it makes you laugh. It's just more like, oh, sometimes it starts to veer off into sketch comedy or yeah, you know, something you might be more likely to see in like uh in in um uh like anchorman or something like that. And anchorman personally, I'm not even saying this is a joke. Personally, I actually think Anchorman's like an amazing work of art. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't trivialize it in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just that it, it tonally it is it is a completely different thing than than uh the world that our movies take place in so so it's really that and it really hurts too sometimes when it's like when you know like every time you show that joke to people they're they have a full-on belly laugh and they love it but then you just kind of have to be honest with yourselves that unfortunately it's it's in the wrong movie
0: well i, I thought it worked because actually when i think about the conspiracy series stuff a lot of that stuff is funny on the surface to me but then when you think about people actually believe this, it uh, takes away the humor of it. And you're like, oh, these guys, you know, these people are very serious about these things that, that they uh, that they think about.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so it worked. For me. But uh, you said you had a um, festival uh, run, but you were only at one um, uh, English speaking festival no just a
2: handful it was uh the the film went to it went everywhere it did so well and we're so proud of it um and actually what's funny is it played something like a dozen festivals all in like a weekend or or two weekends or something um and we couldn't go to any of them because we were releasing the film here in the united states and so we were by the way the world's smallest violin it's like so cool what this movie has done um and i mean pretty pretty amazing uh, and, and that really blows our hair back. We're so proud of it because um, we just found out yesterday while we were doing a, a live watch that it broke into the top 20 of all movies on iTunes. And the next lowest budget above us and below us was $10 million. <laughs> and then there's this movie, just kind of like sneaking its way in there. That was very cool. Um, well,
0: budget is a relative term. It, it, I guess it, it is. is. And then you know 10000 could be a little um, yeah.
2: bit. But yeah, we did we did Sundance, um, but but that doesn't quite count. I mean, sorry, it does count, of course. But when you're talking about seeing it with English-speaking audiences, uh, it was online this year, so we didn't get to see it with an audience. Um, and uh, but we did get to see it Fantastic Fest and and all these wonderful other ones.
0: Yeah, yeah. I met Justin at Freight Fest in London briefly. That was so fun. Yeah,
1: we we had uh, we'd never been before, and and also. Uh, the scale of that film festival is pretty wild. Those giant IMAX screens. And when you're walking in and the staircase is like lit up
2: with fright, it's like Vegas. Amazing. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I I, it's. I realized that those IMAX screens are so important to Fright Fest that they're basically like it's number one. In my mind, it's like their number one um, marketing tool. Like when I think about Fright Fest, I'm going to think about back to back IMAX screens. And that's and I want to play my movie there. And, a, and an audience that shows up and packs it. That's right. crazy.
0: Uh what's the difference between, you know, making a film that's gonna play well at a at a festival and it's gonna play well on video and be doing demand to a wider audience?
1: Oh, really good wow. question. Heavy. I I actually don't know. I won't even claim to know that. I um, do.
2: I just realized what I know is the it? difference. Um, the quality of your poster art. <laughs>
0: Good. which sometimes i don't think is always better it just has like orange and blues or something
1: yeah 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 i like i like your answers like i got it color saturation on
2: the key art Yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it is like like the things that do well on vod have so little to do with what the movie actually is and everything to do with like will someone click on that thing so
0: yeah, I didn't notice it a difference. The other one, the original poster was like gray with uh, the, the brains and then the new one is uh, yeah. you know, more colorful, but they, they, they're both very cool.
2: We are so lucky that in our careers, we have always had huge amounts of um, input with the distributor on all of our marketing materials. So uh except for foreign marketing materials those just come out and we're horrified most of the time but um but but domestically in the United States uh and and often in the UK we uh we, we get a heavy hand in it and we're so happy because it looks we're so proud of it all we, we can put the posters on our walls and not have to cringe a little bit you know all right there, so, uh, there's
1: there, there? there's actually this is fun there's actually there there is some <sighs> softball is there is some key art in certain territories (laughs) of of resolution that are not north america that like literally look like 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 bootleg cds from like the (laughs) Uh mid-90s like i guess like it looked like a photocopy of a photocopy and like the design (laughs) it's like the the concept itself is like what (laughs) what is that
2: very weird like it might as well have like that that screaming girl like clawing her way towards the camera on it you know and it's like there's not even a girl in that movie (laughs) but the uh but also by the way there are there are some absolute crimes against design uh internationally for synchronic oh my goodness absolute crimes everyone pretty much nailed the endless those were pretty cool in other territories but yeah
0: very good well Uh, It's out on video on demand now Something in the dirt I really liked it And not just saying that Because you guys are here It's my kind of movie Uh, And it's thought-provoking I really liked it And I saw different things Maybe you guys intended Which I think is always A good thing
2: It was designed that way And thank you
0: And I appreciate both coming on Thank you Thank you for having me Take care, man Great background. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh look at
2: that background. My I still goodness. Still
0: have the lights up from Halloween, but uh, I thought they, they they still look cool. So. I already liked it. Because it's just like it's just like this old thing. <laughs> 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 it's like the most amazing background. <laughs>